This is a Charles Ruttenberg Realty Podcast, from Gulf Coast to Space Coast. This podcast is sponsored by Integrity Title and Guarantee Agency, LLC, where integrity is guaranteed. Hey, everyone. My name is Monica Sorio. I'm the managing broker of Charles Ruttenberg Realty over here in wonderful Winter Park. And with me on today's episode, I have attorney Michael Heath, and he's also one of the owners of Integrity Title. Michael, how's it going? Good, good. And you? Thank you for having me. Yeah, really good today. Beautiful weather outside. I am loving it. So, Michael, tell me a little bit about yourself and why you decided to become a lawyer. Well, I'm a real estate attorney. I do estate planning and probate in uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, I've been doing it uh, over 15 years now. Oh, awesome. Uh, my dad was an attorney um, since oh. 1972. He kind of did the same thing, uh, and uh, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy helping people uh, with real estate problems uh, and, of course, uh, estate planning, and it's uh, re- rewarding. You heard it here first. An attorney that loves what they do and is helpful <laughs> at the same time, generational attorney, you guys are the best. <laughs> you know, you. Because I imagine you grew up you know, watching your dad doing what he was doing. Yes, I did. Uh, it was, you know... It, I liked it. He wasn't too stressed, although the, uh. as he used to always say, is the life of a lawyer, many sleepless nights. You know, oh, you still yes. always worry about your clients. And, you know, and I like that feel because it was something that your clients were happy to pay you for. Uh. They were happy to pay you to help make their lives better or make a real estate deal that, you know, was difficult to get done. And, and I really enjoy doing that. And, and I really feel like I help people out getting those things done. I love that. So you really got to, you know, you had the exposure before you decided to become an attorney. But what would you say would be the one thing you wish you had known when you began your career? Uh, it's still a job. It's still work. <laughs> yes. You still sometimes dread going there. It's still stressful. Um, but uh, I think that's part and parcel of work. You know, they don't call it a hobby. They call it work. Okay. So you said stressful. Let's jump into this one. What's your biggest challenge you've had in your role right now and what are you doing to overcome it? Uh, One of the biggest challenges right now, especially in the last couple of weeks, we've seen a real surge in uh, real estate transactions, real estate issues, realtors needing help getting their deals done. Mm -hmm. Um, With uh, real estate contracts, obviously our title company is doing a lot of closings. And of course, with more closings comes more issues and title things that we're trying to help those folks out. You know, the stressful part of, of trying to overcome it is, of course, you know, I'm just one person. You know, a lot of people rely on my help and guidance. Uh, it's not something I can dish off to anybody else. So it's just one person. And uh, but, you know, surprisingly, most of my clients are they're happy to wait around as much as they don't want to. They would they appreciate and trust my help. And so they're happy to do that. That means you're one of the good ones, because if there's a line out the door waiting for you, that's an indicator right there, Michael. Uh, yes. I, Real I, estate is on fire, so I know yes. you're feeling it. Yes. Let's talk about, you know, one of the ways you ha- handle stress. Um, what's the scoop? Our listeners want to know, who is the legal beagle? Oh, Molly. Molly is the yes. legal beagle. Uh, if you haven't been to my website for the law firm, um, she is uh, our trusty beagle that comes to work with me every day. I love it. And uh, uh, I think my staff would only be there in part because she comes every day. Oh, and everybody that's likes to see her. And so she she makes it fun for everybody to be there. And it's always good to see her. And 
uh, every morning she hops up on the floorboard of the car and she goes to work with me every day. Oh, that is so adorable. We need a video of that. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, I, I, I think that would be a hit <laughs> on social media. And for those of you that are agents here in Charles Rottenberg Realty, we feature Molly the Legal Beagle on our um, wall of our beloved pets in the back of our office. So when you're in the office, come by and check out Molly the Legal Beagle. Why don't you tell me a little bit about your typical work week? Well, it's a it's a normal office hour day. Um, uh, you know, Nine to five. Not, uh, 8.30 to five. Uh-huh. Uh, although sometimes I always say I'm like a doctor. I'm on call 24-7 because oh, I, I get text messages and emails from realtors. <laughs> you know, in, I will say this. The realtors are really good. If I get an after-hour email or text or something like that, you know, it's pretty, you know, important to them. So I don't mind it. Great. Um, and... I'll tell you what, it makes me feel good because 90% of the time, 98% of the time, there are always questions I already know the answer to. You know, the realtors deal with so many situations. You know, I've seen them all. And you you probably now have basically seen them all too. I so bet. you feel really good about helping them out about something that they don't know what to do. You know, so what does my typical day look like? You know, normally I have some estate planning stuff, meetings with folks, uh, realtors, builders, contractors, uh, estate planning. We do a lot of probate work. Um, uh, we do a lot of probate work, not only in our area and for integrity, but for a lot of other title companies. A lot of interesting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's probate. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's fairly dry, but it's pretty yeah. straightforward. What's interesting though, a lot of the probate stuff we do, and I would say that's maybe 30% of my practice. So it is a fair chunk of the war volume that we do, uh, is to do probate administrations, um, for helping other title companies, and, you know, why would I work with other title companies? Because they need a lawyer that does it too. And in our field, Excellent. we realize that a lot of probate lawyers don't really understand title companies. And so a lot of times I will actually talk with the title company and their underwriter to help them solve a probate issue or a if it's a quiet title or something like that. Um, so most of what I'm doing is is packaging up things. When it comes to realtors, I'm packaging up problems and cu- giving them solutions. Perfect. Um, sometimes I doesn't require hiring me. Sometimes it does require hiring me. Um, and I'm okay with either one because I figure if you don't hire me on this time and I help you fix one problem, you'll come back to me for the problem you might need to hire me for. Excellent. So I would say I'm continually returning phone calls and talking to folks about various situations and you know, probably over half the time, it's not in hiring me. It's it's just me helping them go through their issue and help them talk them through it. So um, problem solver, superhero, aka crisis counselor. Yes, yeah, yeah, excellent. You, you do a lot of that, and then I would say a good chunk of my day is assisting my staff and integrity staff in their issues related to closings. Perfect. Um, a lot of times. Uh, you know, job security, it says ESQ at the, at the end of my name. And yes. that, that does help in talking to folks, uh, you know, like you say, you know, you've dealt with attorneys um, that maybe have not been so easy to work with, you know, and sometimes, you know, these realtors need my help to arm them with the information to help them go against those lawyers. Coaching them. Perfect. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we do that sometimes, and we help out our own title company fixing their problems and solving issues to get a deal done. 
Um, and it, it's amazing how fast the day goes. I will say this. I bet it flies. You know, it, it's a pleasure being in, in the integrity office here. You have beautiful windows and views. Uh, my yes. little office is it is across the water, but I have no windows in my office. So if you ever notice me and you ever see me walking around uh, behind my office, I'm always, uh, there's a good period of time I'm on my cell phone walking behind my office because that's the period of time I can get out and get some fresh air. So. I love it. I love you don't even have a window, Michael. Oh, it's pretty tiny. You deserve, for all the problems you solve and everything that you do, you deserve a window. So let's now talk about realtors, okay, Michael? Sure. Um, what are some things you really wish realtors knew about what they did? Well, I think, you know, there's a couple of things, you know, as a lawyer and also as an owner of a title company, um, you know, I see it on a, a multifold approach. Um, as a lawyer, I, I wish realtors really took the time to read the contracts that yes. they're working on, um, try to have realistic expectations, uh, understand what you're doing, um, and try to be thorough. Um, from a title company perspective, you know, we often see, unfortunately, I, I wish realtors knew, be truthful and be honest and try to uh, make sure you do everything above board. From a title company perspective, you know, sometimes we see things that end up biting people later, you know, yep. as the transaction unfolds that end up coming to light later. So, you know, if there, if you ever get persuaded about something, you know, always talk to your broker. I always say that because, you know, sometimes things, the other realtor will persuade you to do something or think you can do something that's either unrealistic or it's never going to happen. And normally, unfortunately, from the title company side, we're the guys that normally pick it up at the end. And they do. I, I, I do agree with you. Realtors will confide or go by the guidance of the other realtor in the transaction, you know, or. And, and it, sounds, yeah. it sounds good. You know, yeah. uh, hey, we're all trying to make this deal together. And unfortunately, you know, sometimes things don't play out the way they should. And then at the and then you're finding it out later in the process. And normally the one that says it is us as the title company, because we're the one that are now starting to put the deal together and. You know, we have to tell them, hey, the lender's never going to allow this or we can't do this because of this. You have to be the bearer of bad news. Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh-huh. So what do you wish realtors knew about what you did or what you do and what Integrity Title does? Um, you know, the, the main thing that we try to do is, uh, you know, be thorough. We try to we try to really be thorough. We really care about the realtor's job and, and the deal to get the deal done. Um, unfortunately, and, and also this is that, you know, we're only a certain number of staff or in a only certain number of people. And so we want to work 110% to get the agent's job done. Um, but we're also not miracle workers. Absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, if to have the realtor understand some compassion and that, uh, we want to get the deal done, it's not that we never want to not get the deal done. Um, but unfortunately, sometimes lenders can drag their feet and um, I can't keep my f staff changed to desk till t 11 o'clock at night. No way. You know, so it, it, it becomes a balancing act of how to make sure the realtor understands that, yes, we want to get your deal done. But, you know, at some point we have to say t today's ending and tomorrow's another day. Well, I think that's why we have such a great relationship, because the communication from Integrity Title, you know, you, your staff, you know, you're very honest in your delivery or your realistic of when can the property actually close you know right now a week cash close 
is virtually impossible. We have a search right now in my law office that we ordered at the end of February and it still has not come back yet from the underwriters. And that's, wow. and that's, it's a trickle down effect, quite frankly, is, you know, our underwriters are backlogged. Our surveyors are backlogged. The lenders, the, you know, the lenders are backlogged. Estoppel and associations are backlogged. And so we're having a difficulty trying to predict how fast we can get a deal closed. And a lot of the stuff we do is based on the timing of the closing date. And when, we anticipate a certain amount of time for something to happen. And in that one particular vendor takes a long time, you know, then all of a sudden what we should expect doesn't happen on time. And, and then of course, unfortunately the, the realtors will say, well, why didn't you do this sooner? Well, some things we can't order soon too soon. So it, it sometimes throws us for a loop. And so we do the best we can to try to make it and try well, and to predict. I, and I can agree because what happens is, you know, it falls on the title company shoulders, but it is surveyors are way behind, um, even at the beginning stages. It's so difficult right now for realtors even to get home inspectors out to properties, you know, within a 10-day. And realtors are putting unrealistic, you know, time for inspection periods, you know, three days, five days, it's not happening. So I could see why on the back end, oh, especially homeowner associations. I know some, you know, of the more popular communities, forget it, it's a month and a half out before you're going to get a, you know, an estoppel. Yeah. And, and, it, and, you know, we just do the best we can do from the title company. But, you know, we try to push as much as we can um, within the confines. And of oh, course, yes. you know, trust me, it's not something that in, in, in the past and then multiple times, you know, I'll have the staff get myself on with uh, association and I'll beg to them to get a, an estoppel letter. Oh, I'll bet you'll get and, it after and, you uh, get on the phone with them. <laughs> you know, it, it certainly tries to, I, I try to pull as much weight to get a deal done as much as I can. Oh, um, yes. You know, the other thing that I think is really interesting too is, you know, when we have all these transactions, everybody is bottleneck to try to get them done. Yeah. And that's includes our underwriters. So a lot of times, you know, in integrity, we get searches back with a lot of requirements and stuff like that. And what's nice about, you know, integrity is that they're able to come to me and say, Hey, I don't think we're getting the right answer on this. And that's, what's nice is that when I can take a look at something and I can go to bat for our files to try to get them done, um, and try to get the, the deal closed sooner and we have a great, I mean, that's one thing that's really nice is that, you know, these surveyors, these association companies, they they know integrity title. Yes. You know, so when we call in and ask for a favor, we get it a lot. I mean, that's nice. And, and so trust me, I, I, I personally deliver Christmas, you know, a box of donuts or cookies or whatever it is that year to our underwriters. That'll because, do it. You know, and typically the underwriters, <laughs> the underwriters bring us gifts at Christmas time. But quite frankly, we also Chocolate. bring them gifts because we Chocolate appreciate works. them. Yeah. Every time. I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> uh, so, okay, that brings me to a good question. So what do you believe makes a good realtor? Um, Tough question. I think, well, I'll be honest. What I think <laughs> makes is being kind. Yes. Thank being you. kind and being understanding of the other side, being attentive and Perfect. responsive. Uh, putting your head in the sand will never... Um, uh, get a deal done faster. I also, I don't know how some of the realtors want to take this, but I know at times where sometimes, uh, realtors will sugarcoat things too much. Oh yes. And so you have to be careful that you have realistic expectations with your, your buyers and your Absolutely. sellers. Absolutely. Um, and you know, I always tell, even when I 
represent sellers and I'm not a realtor, so I just do it as their attorney. But I always tell sellers too, there's no such thing as seller's remorse. When you sign the contract, it is a contract, you know, so um, reminding the buyers and sellers to be, to, you know, this is their responsibility to, to be involved in the transaction, uh, communicating well. But I see Um, what you mean with the realtor's tone, you know, they need to set realistic expectations. And how they interact, and this is one thing I really notice in the well-experienced and good realtor, is that when an issue happens, they, first off, for the inexperienced realtor, they should talk to their broker. But for the experienced realtor, you know they're experienced because they're not uh, anxious and get all excited. And what does that really mean? They don't get all upset and start bashing the other realtor. Let's get the That's deal done. That's never good. Yeah. It's never good. <laughs> it gets every, it gets the buyers and sellers, their anxiety blows out the window because they're so upset about um, what's happening. And uh, versus a, and a very good experienced realtor will be able to keep everybody calm. Look because for they stay calm. Exactly. Because right. they stay calm, they're able to get the deal done. And for those inexperienced realtors, you're not, yeah, look, one thing where they learned in law school is you can't learn experience. You can be prepared. Absolutely. And you could study what you're doing. So for the inexperienced realtor, be prepared and understand your contract. Read what you're doing and and take the time because you'll never make up for experience. If you do the rest, the experience will follow. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. I love that. So what would you say, what advice would you give someone wanting to pursue a career similar to yours? I know you just gave some advice for a new realtor. Uh, to, To, well... Since I wear two hats, let me talk about the the lawyer side of it. To someone that wanted to be a lawyer, um, I would suggest making sure you have a passion for it. There are a lot of, uh, I remember in law school, there were a lot of students that I don't think really had the desire to be a lawyer. They had more the interest to just go to law school. I absolutely love what I do. I love being a lawyer. I love helping people with problems. So if being a lawyer is for you and you feel like helping people with their problems, then it would be the right career for you. I wouldn't solution say solution finder. Solution finder. I can tell people there is not much that I can't do for a client, short of arranging for cleaners. I've gone out and banged signs into their yards. I have a tool bag in my car. I'm probably. <gasps> I the, love that. Yes, I have a tool bag in my car. I can mop a floor. I can fix a toilet. There's about anything that a lawyer can do. I'm probably not the cheapest person to do that, but I'm a fixer. We fix things in my problems. What do you think would make a good lawyer? Oh, tough question back at me. You know what? I have to be really honest. This is an extremely tough question for me to answer because of you, Michael. You have my expectations of what makes a great attorney extremely high. You have us spoiled. The way you communicate with us, the way you take care of our realtors over here. Um, But if I could pinpoint it is... I really wish what what most attorneys would do would not be to portray themselves as so intimidating. You know, like for you, it's totally a breath of fresh air for for you saying that you're here to help. You love to help. You're a multitasker at finding solutions. Um, You know, a lot of attorneys, I don't know, you know, it kind of goes to their head sometimes that they're attorneys and they perceive or they're perceived as know-it-alls and they're not even human, you know. And I I think for an attorney to be personable and to genuinely care about who they're representing, um, there's very few of you out there. I think one of the things I forgot to mention, too, in, in, in discussing that is I have a conversation all the time with my clients that I keep your pocketbook in mind. 
that, um, you know, mm-hmm. I always want to watch out that the client doesn't pay me more than the problem's worth. Oh, perfect. And unfortunately, you see a lot of lawyers out there that really try to pick a fight just to pick a fight. Just to, just to just charge. To, just to charge. And, oh. uh, and that's, you know, I don't want to say that they do that, but I don't think that they're aggressively thinking enough about how much is this battle really going to cost. Absolutely. Now, I will say this, Monica, you've never been on the flip side of some of my arguments, letters and uh. stuff. So maybe not everybody says <laughs> that I'm the, the nice guy that I am. But, you know, if you know your stuff, then you you can feel assertive and strong and strong willed about making sure you know you have it right. Um, and so I tend to only pick battles that I'm very confident in. And I don't need wishy-washy cases. And I'll tell people I'm not going to take your case because it's wishy-washy. Perfect. But if it's a, if I'm if I'm passionate about it, and I'm and I and I, as a lawyer, you realize these are your clients' battles. Absolutely. A lawyer's worst mistake is thinking that they're your own personal battles. Take it uh, personal. Yeah, and then that's not a good thing for a lawyer to do. It's not good for their mental health. You realize that you're fighting this on behalf of somebody else. Um, some lawyers, unfortunately, do take it personal, yeah. and uh, and you know that's I don't think a good thing. But um, you know, it's those lawyers that take those marginal cases, the cases that they really should tell their clients, you don't really have a case. And then next thing you know, that client unfortunately is sunk ten or fifteen thousand dollars in legal fees, and uh. they said, "Oh my God, what am I doing?" You know, I can I can tell you numerous stories where I told people before or they call me later and say, I wish I wish I'd li- listened to you and not gotten involved in this because, because then, someone then, else would take their case. Somebody else took yep. their case and then it ended up costing them. They regretted going as far as they did. But it shows that you really care about the individual that you're speaking to client, customer, realtor, you really care about their best interests. You, so. re- you realize and it's and that's quite true also with a realtor, though, I have uh those experienced and good realtors, the reason why you trust and know them is because they have a reputation of being trustworthy and, yes. and knowledgeable. They did that by not cutting corners and yes. not trying to snake a deal or make a quick buck or get a deal done just to get that deal done for the payday. If you do the, my old high school teacher, do what's right. That was his motto, Perfect. do what's right. If you do what's right and you do good as a realtor and as a lawyer, the rest will fall in the line. I love that. That yeah. is perfect. Well, agents, um, you heard it here first. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Michael, how can our listeners contact you? How can they connect with you? Well, any anytime you want, uh, you're more than welcome to call Integrity Title if it's a title-related question. I always say start with our title company for title stuff. Uh, legal stuff, always feel free to call my office. Uh, it's it's uh, 727-360-2771. Um, and if you're more than welcome to always email me, it's mike at attorneymichaelheath.com. I'm not going to spell it out because it's awfully long. <laughs> but I always tell people if you, if you call my office, they'll give you my email address. Email is a great way for someone to spill out and think about the issue. So I always like to tell clients, uh, realtors to email me the situation. But always send me the contract or pertinent documents because the first thing I'm going to say is I got to see it. I got to see the contract. I got to see the addendum you were talking to. But always make sure you give me an e- a phone number to call you back because oftentimes I'll just call them back because I I want to hear I I want to get the job done quick. You 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 know Thanks. some lawyers charge by the pound on the paperwork. I want to just get the deal done as effective and quickly as I can. Yeah, so results you'll, yeah. right away. So you'll see me picking up the phone and calling you because I don't want to go back and forth with 15 emails. Even better. Yeah, I want to give me the situation. Give it to me quick. 
let me see what I need to know and let me get you an answer quick. So there you've got it. You've got his contact information, attorney Michael Heath. Michael, thank you so much for your time today. We re- I really appreciate it. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. And if you like today's episode, please don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review. And as always, come back soon and often.